hosted by Jason Bryan and providing the latest insights on telecoms trends from around the world. This is Rocco Radio. Welcome to Rocco Radio. I'm Jason Bryan and you're listening to The Big Interview. While the industry considers its 5G roaming rollout, some MNOs have found voltage roaming services may even be a more important focus in the coming months to ensure their subscribers can still make voice calls over GSM. It was very timely then that I had the opportunity to get to know Tom Sofer, product manager at Tomia, whose take on Volte and what we need to do next is both inspiring and well-informed. In our interview, Tom and I discuss insights and challenges around Volte roaming and what solutions Tomia offer, which can help expedite the launch of Volte roaming services. Imagine the greatness of the liquidity of your network from bits and bytes and, and strings and antennas, you're, you're moving to cloud and virtual machines and you can take your resources and just manipulate them in a way that will be the most beneficial for you as an operator. And I think that operators understood it now. And this is why they are rushing to all Volta and 5G and NFV. And we'll see a major change in how we receive and use our, our telecom devices. I'm here with Tom Soffer. Do I say that mm-hmm. correctly? Yeah, you can say Tom Soffer. Tom Soffer. It sounds French, yeah. your last name. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you, where does, your, where does your name come from? Because you are the first Tom that I've met who's a woman. Right. Sorry. Yeah, so every, every call... No, it's, it's a great question, actually. Every call that I start with new customer or, or someone from abroad, my opening line is, yes, my name is Tom, it's not a short for anything, and yes, I'm a woman. Yeah, because I used to get, what, is it a short of something? So in Hebrew, it has meaning, it means innocence. And it has a beautiful meaning, but abroad, I'm just another dude. So I need always to... <laughs> no, it's, thank you very much for the explanation. <laughs> sure. Tom Sofer, and you're a product manager in Tomia. What kind of products are you working on? My main product is the VHE, the call correction service that we provided. And and this is our actually our legacy product in Tomia. It exists since 1999, I think. Yeah. The, the reason why Tomia formerly Star Home was established, which is pretty cool to work on the legacy product of the company. And when I joined Tomia, I've, I've started working on the VHE and then the Volte started to hit and take off and I was looking for a use case for the call correction services to see if we have anything to do there with the legacy product and bring it to the future. Surprisingly, I started investigating about Volta and learned a lot about it and I found, of course, uh, the use case and the need in the industry and then I uh, became the Volta in charge of Tomia. It's not a product, but it's an entire technology that uh, I'm taking uh, through all of our uh, products and business lines. And it's very, very interesting, I must say. And in addition, I'm responsible for the NFV uh, platform and uh, virtualization in the company. So every day is super interesting. Oh, you, you must tell me more about the NFV platform. That <laughs> sounds, well, it sounds very cool. Well, yeah, we had a very interesting project about virtualization and just developed for a long period of time a very extensive platform of NFV where we virtualized 
all of our uh, systems and our product and we've built an EMS element manager, VNF manager from scratch in-house and it was an amazing experience. I think that the technology is for sure going there. We're seeing all the, the cloudifying in the world and the virtualization when we're looking at the, the exponential growth in traffic and how we need to handle all of the traffic that come and goes. And for sure, NFE and, and virtual machines is what we're looking at, also from 5G perspective. I can't say that my job is uh, boring. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Tom, how's it been going for Tamiya in 2020? What's the most significant focus areas you, you guys have been working on? So, it was a very interesting year, as you can imagine. COVID made us just stop and review our business and the changing needs of the customers. So for example, IoT was a hot topic and we saw much more IoTs and M2M traffic and it made us think, for example, how can we help our customers to monetize it? How can we detect dormant devices and how we can um, help them monetize the entire uh, business? Of course, we had, we had the first uh, non-standalone 5G deployment, which oh. was also exciting. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very exciting and it kept us uh, on our toes and uh, we have a lot of them keep on coming and request and we are advising our customers, we are building with them the roadmap to the new technologies uh, like of course uh, Volte uh, as it's rising and, and, and getting more and more interesting point of views and challenges and approaches from our customers. So if I want to, to frame it, we've worked a lot on what we call the Tomia One platform which is an end-to-end platform. Now our business is, consists out of three main business lines, which is the network. We're talking about Volta, so the network. And we have the, the clearing, the clearinghouse that used to be Mac, and uh, the former Telarix business for the interconnect. So we're actually, when we're looking at the wholesale aspects, we have all three aspects. So it gives us a lot of you know, knowledge and expertise in terms of uh, wholesale management. So we've decided to take it to one man to end platform. Mm. So a wholesale manager will be able to view, to um, do his actions, to get insights uh, from all of those business lines and bring the value of making better decisions in real time. Like a dashboard for, for wholesale roaming. Right, so it's it's partially dashboard, you have reports, you have all the traffic in real time, you see your commitments, for example, when you're looking at the clearing comparing to the, the steering, for example. All kinds of connections that we are working on and it's really very informative when, when we meet our customers and talk to them about that. They are really excited because this is what they need. Their roaming world has so many aspects. And there's no place that brings all of them together. And, and Tomia is now this place. We're getting great comments, positive comments from outside, and we're very proud of it. Yeah, it's, it's only true that in these days of, of coronavirus and everything that's been happening with travel and the airlines, etc., you know, we're all a little bit more concerned about what's happening with wholesale roaming. And I think a solution like this sounds just the ticket to, to be sure that you're monitoring everything and following how everything is going? I agree, I agree. I think that uh, even before COVID, it was mandatory and, and COVID emphasized it more. Absolutely. So you mentioned clearing. As one of the leading clearing houses, would you say that subscribers are still engaged with voice services? Well, surprisingly, more than ever. We did see, of course, major decreases during the COVID, which we monitored 
on one hand, our interconnect shows that the traffic goes up again. We do see more calls and, and less minutes, which means lower average call length. But eventually, people are looking to connect. And if we're looking at, um, at, at the managed data lake insights that we have, for example, so we see exponential decrease in data and, and migration, some migration from voice calls to data calls, whether if it's Volte or, or OTT. But um, surprisingly, again, we saw um, year-to-year increase in voice call events of at least 4% also in 2020. Mm. So even though we see exponential growth in data, we still see growth in, in voice calls, and the calls are shorter, but we have more calls. So you mentioned Volte. We're here to talk about Volte. One of the key aspects that we know about is the lack of participation by many MNOs. Given that decommissions are coming and two and 3G services will be lost, potentially for roaming. I mean, there's going to be a day when you realize maybe you can't allow your customer to make a call in a certain country because you don't have any Volte established. When do you think that operators will start the transition to Volte roaming? Actually, we, we see it happening now. We are proactive, of course, and we are pitching with the Volte and the reasoning, and, and we do see exactly what you're saying. Someday in the near future, you just you will have a country where you cannot provide voice call to your customer because you won't be Volta capable. We, we see it. So we are uh, pitching it proactively, but we're getting a lot of approaches from our customers asking for that RFPs that, that including Volta. I think that the market is, is for sure waking up. And also the, the drivers, we can't ignore that there are new LTE-only players that started dictating and negotiating with attractive pricings and decommissioning announced by strong players could cause operators to lose their global footprint if they're not implementing Volte. If a strong company comes and say, listen, we're going to decommission our 2G, 3G. And if you want to gain our traffic, you must launch Volte. Then they don't leave a choice to even to the small operators in some countries. And we see it happening. And people and uh, let's say operational teams, they are talking about operational efficiency and to free up spectrum because spectrum is not a cheap thing to to have. And, you know, the, the spectrum of uh, Volta and 5G is far more richer and, uh, and have better quality. They understand the need. If we're talking quality of service, if we're talking future-proofing for 5G, so they, invest in, they understand that the investment in, in Volta and IMS infrastructure is... It's not for nothing. It's not a transition period. Mm. It's something that they will use in 5G. So slowly this understanding is coming. And I think that COVID, even if there is no roaming, it gives time for the operators to focus on Volta and 5G and IMS. And I, I do think that the Volta mass transition will take three to five years. In my opinion, if you ask me how the market goes, but up until Volte will be fully implemented in the roaming world, traffic will be diverse. This is what we need to, to remember, that we, let's say in the upcoming five years, we will handle both Volte and non-Volte traffic, which means 
different agreements, different commitments, different maintenance, different network behavior. So all of it needs to be considered by the operator because they need to, to give their subscribers transparent user experience. I cannot roam on Volte, for example, abroad and have a specific behavior of my handset or of my, my call and then to drop to a non-Volte coverage area or different network and then have a different behavior. They always need to consider in this transition period the two aspects of Volte and non-Volte and, and as long as they will take the time and won't have Volte only, they will need to handle it and it, it, it brings risks and challenges and they need mm -hmm. to, to look at it as well. So you think that this is just a question of prioritization. Mm -hmm. Basically what we're seeing is that operators have been, let's say, focused on 5G and thinking about what 5G roaming they're going to do. And because there's been this legacy 2G, 3G voice services, they're starting to now, because they're being closed, starting to reprioritize Volte as a service. I think they also understood that, that 5G is also some kind of voice over LTE. A little bit differently, but the S8 home routing is very similar to the way it's going to be formed in the 5G. So it's just, you know, some kind of a draft, let's say. They need to be able to establish it. It's not like if they will ignore the Volte, they won't have the same problems exactly on the 5G. And once they understand it and they see that the world is going towards it, and there are many things to consider here. We're talking about revenues, lost margin, all kinds of things that suddenly they understand. The operators understand that, that they have nothing to lose and, and it's the time is now. And we feel it for sure. I could tell you that last year we, need to, we needed to beg in order to get like 30-minute slots to talk about Volte. And now operators are asking us, please come and, and talk mm -hmm. to us, advise us about Volting. The change is now. That's fantastic news. So there are quite a few problems with handset manufacturers, though, not supporting Volte. We've seen situations with emergency calling and lawful intercept. What is the biggest challenge that Tomia is seeing with Volte roaming today? Well, I can divide it for sure. Operators have a lot of struggles with different setbacks. And we've recently sent out a survey to our customers and MNOs asking them about their uh, Volta difficulties. But we see diverse answers and responses. And I think that it's exactly what we've mapped as challenges. We see the problem that you've stated about a manufacturers giving a hard time to the operators to support Volte. I understand that in some of them it's because they just want to ensure quality of service. This is a struggle between the manufacturers and the operators, but they do have other struggles such as making sure that voice is supported on their IMS infrastructure, regulations, setbacks, for example, awful interception and the emergency calls that needs to be fully supported. And if not, they just cannot launch Volta roaming. We see different settings. If we're talking about netlock to solve the time zones issue or even uh, testing QCI differentiations. If I want to charge more for voice calls, then I'm charging for signaling. How do I do it? Do I need to sign on it in my agreement? Or how is my clearinghouse handling it? All kinds of questions that we see. So Tomia is addressing some of those challenges and we're mostly here to advise our customers, seeing all sides, as I said before, the interconnect, the clearing and the network. And we have the experience and knowledge so we can 
at least advise, even if we can not solve all the issues. But And it's funny because the distribution is more or less equal. Different operators are struggling uh, in different aspects of launching Volteromi. Do you think there's enough standards or do you think we're still in the middle of the standards development that we need to do for Volte? So as part of the, the Gary group, um, reading carefully all of the emails and the cookbooks, I think that many of the challenges were addressed, even if not in terms of actual standards, but the state of mind, let's say, of how to solve the problem. And if you're in the group, then, then you see the correspondence and how all the MNOs are uh, advising each other uh, in terms of uh, challenges and where are they standing, how to solve it. I know also that you have a great group that, uh, fortunately, we can be part of it. Uh, we can just visit you, but uh, for MNOs only. So participating yeah. in your last, latest uh, convention, I, I saw that operators are, it's, it's a smaller group than we wish that it would be, but they are participating. They are establishing standards and uh, helping each other roll out voltage. Yeah, indeed, uh, the Volte Roaming Task Force is it's a bunch of operators who got together and decided we need to expedite this situation. There's, like you say, a number of initiatives going on, which hopefully will raise visibility and will expedite the standards work that is needed, because still quite a few problems. What are the main risks that you see as Tomia that operators should consider when launching with Volte? So unfortunately, uh, overcoming the setbacks and, and the challenges that we talked about before is not enough because after you have established the Volte end-to-end, yeah. when you're doing SATOM routing, you need to handle all the transactions of your outbound roamers as an operator. But now we see new scenarios. So when all calls are being routed back home and home needs to, to know what to do with that, we see scenarios where no welcome SMS, for example, can be sent if the message services that you have won't read diameter update location messages, for example. And then you're non-compliant with regulation because you have a roamer that just landed. He's landing and roaming on the Volta network. And he's a capable roamer. He will not receive a welcome SMS and the call tariff if you want be able to know that he landed abroad. And, and this has changed because up until now, we handled SS7 update locations and now it's diameter. So do we know how to handle it? Do we make sure we do it? It's things that are not spoken or if we're talking about local calls. This is, uh, at least I see, I see it on the GSMA being discussed, but uh, if I'm traveling abroad and all calls are arriving back home, what happens when I'm dialing a local short code in the visited network or emergency call or toll-free number or even a local call in a national format, which means in, in non-E164 format. Because this number in 3G is, is completely correct. I went outside, I saw a restaurant, I want to, to reserve a seat for this evening. I see the number on the window and I'm just dialing it and everything works. But in Volte, it's, it's important to understand that it just won't work because the call is going back home and it's dialed in a local, let's say I'm in Paris, so, so it's dialed in a local... French format. The home receives a local French format and it just he looks at his number and he says, it's not, it's not Israeli. What do I do with it? And the call is just disconnecting. And this is a scenario that we never saw before. And before uh, Volte, it was easy because 
the worst case scenario, if it would reach home, the number would reach home, the home operator would not know what to do with that. And when this number reaches back the local switch in the visited network, he recognized that it's a French number and it's just connecting the call as a local call. It's very simple. But now there is no way to send back the call to the visited network without translating it to an international number. There is a logic behind it. It's, it's complex scenarios. This is, by the way, what led me to lead the, the Volte matter in Tomia. I was sure that there is a problem to solve here when it comes to call correction. It's not the, yeah. you know, the, the legacy call correction that we know. We, we understood that if you look at a non-Volte roaming call, okay, comparing to a Volte call, you can pay five times more then on a non-Volte call, it means that if you won't be able to detect and to steer your Volte-capable subscribers to Volte networks, you'll simply lose money for each call. We're talking about millions of dollars. We looked at it and we've combined the information that we see on our clearing and interconnect and network and to see a business case where with 10 partners, where you have roaming agreement and let's say 50% of your roamers are Volta capable, you can lose up to $2 million a year just from steering them to a non-Volta network by mistake because you cannot detect that they are Volta capable. You cannot steer them in real time to Volta networks that you have agreements with. It's crazy. You mentioned steering, and I know that, to me, one of the best steering platforms that is available on the market. Do you think that Volte roaming relationships will start to become an important factor for prioritizing networks? For sure. No doubt. First of all, we, we talked about it. The LTE-only players are already changing. If I have LTE-only network that says, listen, I'm going to charge you for one megabyte, 0 0.0001 cent. Won't you steer your traffic there? You have different priorities. And also, if we're talking about paying five times more for non-Volte calls, imagine that you have as an operator uh, a roaming agreement or preferred network with some other operator, right? And this operator is not going to launch Volte. On the other hand, another LTE-only player or different network is offering Volte services in much lower prices for a minute of call. <laughs> you you know, there are commitments between operators, long-lasting yeah. commitments, but still, when you offer them five times less for one minute of call... Yeah, it's a whole new dynamic, isn't it? I mean, to consider right. when negotiating your, your preferred roaming partners. You need to negotiate your preferred roaming partners. Also, you need to consider that it's not only that you, you are going to get, let's say, lose a lot less money when you're talking about the delta of, of using Volte services. But think about the subscriber. It's the difference between having a Volte service to a non-Volte service. It's not only that you steal your customers in terms of wholesale perspective to a cheaper network for you. You also give your customer at the same time a great quality of service, HD calls. It's you know it's win-win situation for them. We are working on another interesting aspect where you have different destinations where you can segment roamers. What do I mean? For example, let's take Africa. Africa is a place where a lot of roamers arrive. A lot of, uh, of the roamers are uh, business people. So usually they are dialing local numbers there to local businesses, lo local offices, whatever they need. So there you're starting to ask the question, do I rather have a Volta preferred network there 
or because all the calls are being routed back home and then I need to interconnect them back to Africa. Or I rather leave them on circuit switch. And this is something that we can do because we have all of the, the inputs within our business lines. So we can segment the destinations to see through interconnect where are the highest fees for local or international calls. To see for clearing where are those minutes of calls are being done the most with which partner and mm. then to steer them through our network services to the preferred network according to the destination. This is a huge benefit. What kind of services then does Tomia offer in terms of voltage roaming? We actually have a lot. All of our voltage services are being managed as part of the Tomia and platform that I mentioned before for uh, efficient and automated and, and wise wholesale management. So if we're talking about the scenario before that, that we've discussed with the different destinations, we have the deal analytics tool where you can easily create as an operator a what-if scenario and adjust the steering commitments or, or some roaming agreements according to what you see in this tool. You can actually imitate the traffic that will be redirected, if it will be volte or non-volte, how many minutes you're expecting and then sign, you know, beneficial roaming agreements and steer accordingly. So it's a very powerful tool. Our volte call enabler, part of our call correction services, is actually facilitating all the problems that we've discussed before, the risks with uh, local calls, emergency calls and toll-free numbers and local shortcodes. Uh, and it makes sure that whenever, for example, you dial the national uh, format call or local short code and it reaches back home, the home is sending us the misdialed call and, and we are able to complete it for him. We are looking at the messages, the signaling, and we are able to establish that this was a French number to complete the international dialing and connect the call. So it's both user experience and uh, clear revenue for, from international call completion and, of course, the quality of service to the customer. Another service that we have is the Spark service, which is our campaign management. We talked about the fact that when your user lands and, and attached to a, to a Volta-only network, you need to be able to identify or capture his update location uh, request. And, and this is what our campaign management for Volta is able to do. So it doesn't matter if you're landing and attaching to a Volta or non-Volta network, either way we will detect it. And we will make sure that you get the call tariffs and the welcome SMS as required by regulations and as you wish your user to, to have also the welcome back. And the steering of roaming, which we have discussed, we, we do have those great, great capabilities to allow detection of Volta-capable roamers in real time, not only segment them to communities based on IMEI. For example, it's something that we do, but we actually have the ability to detect them in real time when landing abroad, when trying to attach to a network, and we can combine it with the MME coverage information and with roaming agreements, Volta roaming agreements, uh, existence. Do you have roaming agreement with this operator or, or don't you? What is your preferred network? We combine all of this information and we allow operators to pay less for every minute of call. And while they support better user experience. And I think this is an amazing part of our platform and combine it with our ability on our clearing services to be fully GSMA compliant and provide insights and QCI-based charging and Volta agreement planning. You get end-to-end Volta experience. You can take parts of it or all of it, but 
eventually it gives you a holistic view yeah. on the platform. And if we talked before that this transition is going to take a few years and going to have three to five years until full Volta implementation, you have this, this crazy five years now that you will need to support both Volta and non-Volta. And I think that you must have the powerful, the most powerful tools in the market in order to enable it. And it comes in clearing and interconnect and in, in network. I think this is a great value that Omiya brings with it. Yeah, I mean, speaking to you, Tom, it's really clear to me that you're an expert in this field and the kind of situations that you've encountered are really relevant and extremely insightful for operators. So thanks for, for sharing some of these of uh, these areas with us. It's, I'm enjoying to do that. And... Yeah, no, for sure. You're very passionate about the topic. And, that, <laughs> yes. and to me, it seems like a company that's really, really on top of this. So fantastic. Okay. What kind of plans does to me have for the next year as much as planning we can do in this uh, environment right now. But what do you have planned, let's say, for the next year? So I talked a lot about our platform. I'm, I'm really excited about this as well. So to me, our platform <laughs> is evolving uh, to align with new technologies. So we are now on Volte, but, but also the NFV that I'm in charge of, and it takes a great deal out of our platform and the way we deploy our products. And the 5G, which is, of course, going to be i don't know exploding i think in the next uh, in the upcoming years we see the conversation it will take time we understand that but with the first deployment this year uh, with uh, the non-standalone 5g we are expecting to run several standalone trials next year in 2021 uh, we're working a lot and investing a lot in automation and on bce and this is where the future of technology lays and we see that COVID is accelerating IoT, which became far more dominant than it used to be before. We see more and more use cases being imp implemented. We just see that we have a lot of work. We are now uh, working on finalizing the roadmap of 2021. We have so many building blocks that we want to put there. And we just, we need more days than 365. It's, <laughs> it's going to be an exciting year for sure. Just stay tuned. It's Really, we're bringing many surprises and great things with us. I think yeah. it's going to a great place. No, it's incredible how resilient companies have been in this environment and continue to drive forward. But we yes. have to. We have to. In this sector especially, there's so much activity with 5G and Volta, like you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's important, you know, the telecom business. It's a legacy business, the infrastructure. Imagine the 2G, it's still with us. Imagine how many years. Operators understood that we have no other way. So if you're looking at COVID, for example, from the operator point of view, imagine how many losses they experienced on the roaming side. But on the other hand, they went and they made changes on their domestic rollout and packages and everything. Reports that we see states that they even earned from this period. And yes. if we're talking, we talked at the beginning about NFV and virtualization. So imagine when all of your platform in 5G or, or, or NFV is virtualized. And let's say that something like that happens and you're already fully 5G, fully virtualized. You can take all of the roaming resources, scale them down and scale it up on your domestic network. Imagine the greatness of the liquidity of your network from, you know, 
bits and bytes and, and strings and antennas, you're, you're moving to cloud and virtual machines and you can take your resources and just manipulate them in a way that will be the most beneficial for you as an operator. And I think that operators understood it now. And this is why they are rushing to all Volta and 5G and NFV. And we'll see a major change in how we receive and use our, our telecom devices in the upcoming years. It was interesting for me recently that a bombing manager told us, you know, in July, we saw more traffic than we normally see bombing in July, outbound mm -hmm. traffic. And for me, it kind of, it was crazy to hear, but it was also made some sense because there's been this huge lockdown. There's a need to, even if you're going a short distance, cross the border and see something different. Who knows when you're going to be able to do that again because, you know, potential further lockdowns are coming. But it does suggest that when vaccine is found, when we're in a position to really enjoy travel again, that travel and subsequently roaming are going to be a huge business. And more than ever, we're going to need to be prepared for it. Yeah, for sure. You know, a friend told me that after lockdown, it's either you are getting a divorce or you're getting a baby. So, so it's so it's the same here, you know. And and I'm guessing it it will go more towards the baby. And the baby is is Volta, is five G, it's the new technologies. And yeah. when we do have what to expect, I I fully agree with you. I, for example, can't wait to to be on a plane and mm. go, you know, go abroad and whatever needed, uh, waiting patiently, yeah. impatiently, actually. <laughs> Tom, it's been such a pleasure to speak to you. I, we really must do this again. To me too. <laughs> I, yeah. You're so passionate. I love the insights that you and Tomia are bringing to the market. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you much for the time and the patience and the great questions. You're very welcome. Thank you, Tom. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Look out for more big interviews in the coming weeks. If the podcast has been useful and you're an MO thinking about your Volte roaming rollout but facing challenges, feel free to reach out to Tom at Tomia or contact us at HQ at Rocco.group to join the Volte Roaming Task Force. For insights on Volte Roaming, see the Volte Roaming Task Force page on LinkedIn for all the recent news on decommissioning or visit VolteRoaming.com. Until next time, this is Jason Bryan, and you've been listening to The Big Interview on Rocco Radio.